keep learning right i learn every day i'm like you right? i don't think i'm the greatest person on planet earth i i want to learn every morning is an opportunity to learn something new from the people i work with from the people that i compete with from the customers that i i help to innovate is try and learn every single day welcome everyone to the ask a ceo show Ask a CEO interviews bring us inside the corner office and C-suite for discussions with top executives about their journey to leadership and the reality of running their companies today. Our host, Greg Dimetrio, is the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning integrated marketing company. He is also the founder of gregscorneroffice.com, the home of the Ask a CEO interviews. Greg has been in the business for over 30 years. He is a resource to the media, an invited columnist and speaker on marketing and business topics. Over the years, Greg has talked to hundreds of CEOs and executives about what it took to make it to the corner office and what it is really like being the leader of their companies. And now he brings those conversations to you. Here's Greg now. Welcome, everyone, to the Ask a CEO Show. I'm Greg Demetrio, your host. My day job is the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning integrated marketing company located here in New York. The Ask a CEO Show is a production of gregscorneroffice.com and LG Studios. We bring you conversations with CEOs about their journey to the corner office and what it took to get there and what it's like running their companies. Today, our guest is Simon Hill. Simon is the CEO of Wazuko, a global provider of idea management and open innovation services. He's been a TED Talk speaker. He's a published author of One Smart Crowd. He's an angel investor and an advisor to several early stage tech companies. Simon focuses on innovation challenging the status quo and how to effectively impact the processes and the bottom line. Welcome to the show, Simon Hill. How are you, sir? Nice to meet you. I'm great, thanks. How are you? Very good. So before I torture the name of your company, tell us exactly <laughs> how to pronounce it and what it meant or what it means when you picked it. Yeah, I know. Pick a name that no one can say, right? It's a good starting point for everybody. So Wazoku, as it is pronounced, um, is um, it's a concatenation of two Swahili words. So Wazo and Kua um, is actually how you would say them. And it means great idea in Swahili. Um, which fits nicely because we're uh, um, we're in the we're in the business of ideas and and innovation and and helping to make great ideas come to life to help change the world one idea at a time. Interesting that you reached out to the African continent to come up with a name, and I love it. I love the fact of what it really means. Um, so, because our audience is a mix of CEOs and those trying to get to the corner office, tell us how you wound up at your company in a leadership role? What's your background? You know, a, a series of misfortunate steps, I think. No, uh, I, um, so background wise, um, I describe myself as a recovering strategy consultant who, um, who came accidentally into the world of uh, entrepreneurship and, and, and business leadership. I, I, my background from a, from a family perspective is my, my dad went through the, the, the kind of usual rounds of um, as it was kind of uh, for, for him, sort of through military service into early stage business, became a, a business leader himself. And then quite late in his life, stepped up and set, and set up his own company and now runs his own business quite successfully. So kind of looking at that pathway, I, I followed a reasonably similar path, right? Kind of from, from university into business consulting. I hopped around the business consulting world through 
outsourcing and uh, operational consulting through M&A type, type business worlds. And really sort of every 18, 24 months was going and picking a, a new part of that, that business experience to just try and understand business inside and out. Um, and having cut my teeth there, which is quite a conservative route in many ways, right? I can't claim to have been a, a you know, the, the bold entrepreneur that started at 17 or 18 years old and just, just cut my teeth there and did it. I was a little bit later to the game than that, but not, not too late. Um, I then, you know, um, was, was reasonably successful in a first venture that I joined very, very early on with some friends of mine. Um, and that sort of gave me the real confidence and the real buzz for, for, for early stage business and entrepreneurship. So I founded Wazoku late 2011. So we've, we've had coming up to 10 years of, of, of running this business now. Um, and I think every day is still a learning day, right? You know, you, there are oh, things boy. that I, I don't know, but, but every day is a learning day. And I describe this as my life MBA. <laughs> Very good. MBA in the pits. Yeah, exactly. not in the book. What you learned was not in the book, right? You may have learned Definitely. it in the book, but it, the reality is so different. So your bio says that not only are you an author, a blogger, a speaker, and an expert on collaboration and innovation and crowdsourcing. Explain those, if you will, and tell the audience how they might implement it in their own operations. I found it very interesting. Yeah, I'm just a litany of buzzwords, right? That's what I am. So uh, <laughs> the... So I, I took the time during the pandemic, not that I had a lot of it, to, to actually write a book on the topic of, uh, of open innovation and crowdsourcing um, with, with um, a co-author of mine who also founded a business that we acquired last year in, in the realm of, of, of open innovation. So what do we do? We help businesses to, to, to connect the dots between the problems they have on the one side, the, the challenges they're trying to create solutions and, and opportunities for, and the people on the other side that have those ideas, right? How do you bring together a diversity of, uh, of ideas, of opinions, of experiences, of, 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 uh, of perspectives to drive creative solutions to some of the world's most complicated problems? And some of the world's easiest problems as well, right? They, my belief is, is fundamentally in the innate power of people to solve, to solve problems, right? I believe everybody is inherently creative. Everybody's inherently a problem solver. And so providing technology that can open that, that, that net up as broadly as possible, whether it's for organizations to give a voice to every single one of the employees that works for them, or beyond that, to reach out to their partners, their suppliers, their customers, or the whole world, to crowdsource solutions, to then use technology to help you figure out which one of those are real solutions and not just noise in the mix. And hopefully at the end of it, drive quick solutions. So collaboration, you said it before, it's like a buzzword, right? Many people just say it's a buzzword that conjures up endless meetings and committees and so forth. <laughs> Tell us why that's not so. It's absolutely not so. Right? I think we, we talk too much, right? And I think part of the problem is not really focusing on the problem. And so what we do is we wind all of this back, right? There's a quote we talk often as a, that's accredited to Einstein, whether he said it or not, which is if I had an hour to solve, to save my life, I'd spend 55 minutes framing the problem and five minutes solving it. As human beings, we tend to race straight to the solution. And so a lot of the work that we do is, is in that kind of co-creative collaborative work up front of really trying to nail the problem we're trying to solve for. And then using the act of co-creation, as we call it, right, right, which is a collaboration meeting creativity to come together 
in an asynchronous world, not necessarily in meetings, but at the point you have it, right? And there are there are lots of examples of um, of the, there's a kind of Archimedes example, right? He solved the salute that he solved the problem he was giving in the bathtub as he as he lowered himself into the tub. He understood the concept of, of 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 volume and density, right? And so we need to create that those opportune moments, not in the sort of 45 minute, 60 minute windows that we call meetings, but always on, always there. How do you tap into that? innate brilliance of people asynchronously um, and to very targeted specific problems. So it's absolutely not the case, um, but it, all, it is the case we need to always be able to access those, those great people. So, so it's, really, it's really ideas on the fly, if you will. So we're not in, in locked in a, in a container, so to speak, in a conference room or even on a Zoom call, uh, batting these things around. It's like innovation on the fly. Hey, guess what? You know, I was thinking about what you said and I think X. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. But but targeted against specific issues. And that's been paramount in the last 12, 18 months, right? Because we've not been in meeting rooms and boardrooms. Sure, we've existed on Zoom calls like this, but um, but generally we've not been able to coalesce like that. And so that ability to on the fly tap into the collective wisdom of the crowd um, and, and keep going back and mining that, right? The other thing that technology is really good at is making sure that you don't start from zero every single time when you solve a problem. So I don't have a blank white sheet of paper in front of me. I've got an entire database of ideas that might help me solve a problem that I solved years ago. I just didn't realize it yet. Collective wisdom. That's a great term. Great, yeah. great term. Collective wisdom is, you know, more heads you put to it, the better chances you have of succeeding. Exactly. So you're talking about aligning stakeholders around an idea, especially one that's innovative. That can be daunting to get everybody to buy in and be part of that. How is your company able to do that? Again, I think it comes back down to process, right? You know, we think about innovation sometimes as sort of creativity and beanbags. And sure, you need that space to think expansively, but you also need process and communication mm. and, and and clear goals right and so what do we do we, we tell you what the problem is we're trying to solve for we tell you how much that that solution is worth to us if we possibly can or why it's important um, and we tell you what the process is we're going to get it we're going to take that thing through to to try and figure it out and we do that openly and collaboratively so you don't just bring me an idea and then I run off with it into a dark hole and you never see that idea again right it is done collaboratively through a creative process um, openly. It is, you know, with kind of recognition and reward and all of the expected stuff baked into it. Mm -hmm. So that actually you drive repeatable cultural benefits, not just solutions out the end of them as well. But I think if you if you tell people why you need something and you tell them what you're gonna do with the something they bring to them and you recognize them and thank them at the end of the thing that they brought to you, especially if it drove value, that is where culture comes in, right? And that becomes yeah. repeatable and, and scalable in, in yeah. ways you could never possibly have imagined. Yeah, you can, you can follow the line through the process, the way, you, the way you're explaining it. Here's the problem, this is what we said, this way, and this is where we came out to, and thank you for bringing the problem to us. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. So you have a really deep resume of companies that you work with. Could you identify a particular success that your company is really proud of without naming the, the client, you know, unless you want to, but yeah. just what they came to you with and how it worked out. So one of the, one of, one of the, so, so I can, and I, the, the beauty of the sector that we work in is that we get to work on some really wicked problems and some really interesting things, right? It's like, it's what my team love doing. We drive real value. Um, 
And one of the brands that we have, so we operate under two brands, right? Wazoku. And as I said, at the start of this, we also bought a company last year, a company called Innocentive. Innocentive is easier for me to talk about because most of the challenges we run there are public and they're very open. They're also generally big problems. Mm. And so, you know, we, we're working with a number of companies, particularly at the moment around topics of sustainability and, and how do we bounce back from the pandemic? How do we recover our, our economies? Um, you know, we've, we've just been working with uh, a number of organizations in, uh, in helping to support emerging markets. who have been really hit by the last 12 months, right? Not just mm -hmm. in terms of the pandemic itself, but, yeah. but other areas of this to help bring innov affordable innovation and give complex solutions around water harvesting or clean sanitation or whatever it might be. We just ran a fantastic challenge on malaria prevention, which might feel like it's a, an, an old topic, but it's still a, a very big killer in the developing world. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we've driven some really big solutions at the end of that, right? These age old problems that actually taking new innovative approaches to them is driving real innovation into very important parts of the of the of the global ecosystem that I think actually will drive like we will save lives right millions of lives over over, over the I'm, next few I'm years. I'm kind of so surprised that you said that in terms of a very human uh, impact. Uh, you know, I thought we were going to talk about business, and you know, somebody came to you with a problem, and you increased their revenue by x billions of dollars. But you brought that down to a real human level. I find that very interesting because you must you can get some thrown some real wrenches. Clean water in yep. the third world. Malaria, that's an interesting scenario. Other incoming diseases, economic problems in the third world and, and, and the subcontinent. Continent. And those are the types of things that you get. Is there a particular type of company that benefits from your services? It doesn't sound like there's any, it's, it sounds infinite. It's infinite. I think, um, and look, it, 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 these are human problems, right? Sure, we've got examples of billions of dollars saved and everyone, you know, those are, those are great marketing stories, right? But actually these real human stories are what, you know, why I get out of bed in the morning and the things that we're trying to do, right? The, the other things are, are, are great. And I think it's important to democratize ideas inside an organization and outside an organization. That is where value comes and that's, that's what's there. So, so yeah, look, I, I, it is human, right? And there is so many elements and so many parts to this that it's, um, it's never ending. You know, we typically work with large organizations, government um, bodies and, you know, and, and NGOs, but, but really that's, that's cross-sector, cross-geography, across the world. Mm -hmm. um, and, and mostly that's by us having to pick our poison a little bit, right? You know, we're, we're still a, a reasonably small company. We're just, just under 100 people. And so there's only so much we can do as we continue to grow strongly as an organization. And you've got to get that focus as a leader, otherwise it just consumes you. How do you find how do you find a demand for your services growing in, in terms of I mean how how is it affected by COVID or was it and and is there like a, a steamroller effect of the demand that's coming to you? I, so so we were positively affected, right? I know lots of people um, didn't have that year, but we had a we had a, a record year last year by a decent quantum, um, and we've continued that that sort of traction into into this year as well. We. You know, we're kind of on vogue for things like the, the, the future of work and hybrid working and future of R&D and future of innovation type topics as well. And we give companies infinite scale to solve the problems that they're trying to solve that have typically been very subscale. So, mm -hmm. so, yeah, I think the market's coming towards us and it's been a pretty challenging but very interesting year for Wazoku. So I'm, I'm hearing you guys sound like a think tank for various different aspects of the world, for crying out loud.
Uh, yeah, I think we, I mean, we drive incredibly powerful insights, R&D and innovation at a global scale. You know, that's the, that's the thing. So yeah, if you think about that thing on steroids, that's not a bad way of thinking about the business. Very good. Very interesting. So listen, they're talking to me in my ear, telling me we need to take a short break to pay some bills. So stand by. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Creating a comprehensive, effective marketing plan can be complex and difficult, but it doesn't have to be. At Lorraine Gregory Communications, we make it easy. Experience matters. Hello, my name is Tom Hunt, the founder of Fame. Now, Fame loves the Ask a CEO podcast. We've actually been working with Greg and Peter behind the scenes for the past year, over a year, I think, to help build and grow the show. And so if you have a business, specifically a B2B business, and you're looking to raise awareness with people in your field, to build relationships with people in your industry, then we would love to talk. We have this almost completely done for you service where we'll set up and grow a podcast that ideally will become profitable uh, within the first six months to a year. So if that's something that interests you, you can just go to fame.so. Uh, check out our case studies etc uh, we would love to talk and of course i do want to say thank you to greg and peter for building such an awesome podcast with ask a ceo and we're back with simon hill simon what strategies is your company using to attract new clients or is it just coming to you by referral and just brand awareness what's the story it's a great question. That's the, you know, it's the multi-million dollar question, I, th- I think, right? So as, as we spoke about earlier, right, there's a very human element to a lot of the things that, that we do. Um, a lot of the brands that we work with like to tell the stories that we've got. And so to a certain extent, we've got this really nice, perfect circle in, in, in at least idyllic terms of company comes to us, company solves good problems, company likes to talk about problem it solves and more people come to you. However, the world we work in is also quite complicated, right? That businesses around us are changing. Nobody really owns the problem of problems, right? Like, so you've got individual buyers everywhere. And as a person that sells a piece of enterprise technology with some supporting services, part of our challenge is, is, is who's the enterprise buyer. And so most of the work that I'm doing to drive demand, which does come inbound, and we do lots of outbound activity and lots of thought leadership work I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, I've written a book, is actually on educating this, the large organizations that we typically work with around how to structure themselves for this new future of work and future of problem solving, because we have to create the organizational structures to, to really power innovation at scale inside these companies. And they're not set up for this right now. They're set up almost for the opposite. Exactly, exactly. So I was gonna ask you about uh, attracting new clients, but apparently it's, it's a perpetual wheel because <laughs> you do a good service for one, they're gonna, your, your name's gonna get recognized, brand awareness and so forth, and the phone's gonna ring and somebody's gonna come to you. So that brings to my next question. So if you pick up the phone and somebody presents this, how does that work? How do you onboard a new client? What's needed for them to give you to make a successful collaboration and an innovation for them? So, so most of our clients are kind of, you know, still at the early stages of adopting a piece of technology and, 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 and really it's a mindset to, to, to this innovation at scale, right? We talk about building an innovation operating system inside the companies that we work with. But for most of them, they come to me with a pain point. We call it an event, right? So what is the pain point you're trying to solve right now? My 
current blockbuster product is about to be end of life. My competitor just launched something that's, that's causing me pain in the marketplace. I am looking to squeeze more efficiency and value out of this service. I've got a big sustainability pledge that I've just made, but I'm not 100% sure how I'm going to actually meet the objectives that I've just set for myself. Endless different problems, right? And so we call those events and we're like, okay, which one of those are you looking to solve for and, and, and help us to prioritize them? And then we will tell them, okay, we think these are best solved inside your business. And so here's, a, here's an approach and a piece of technology for that, or these are best crowdsourced and let's open it up to our external marketplace and go and do it. And so there is no end of problems. It's really about how do we help to identify and then prioritize those for our customers to get started. And then it builds and it builds and it builds. So tell me what type of, of skills do you, do you need to acquire in-house to have the right impact on these problems. You must have like all different kinds of uh, skill sets. Yeah, we have a real, a real mix, right? So on, on, from, from my side, you know, there is, there's a methodology, we call it challenge-driven innovation that we come in and we train my, my, my team in. That's a mix of in-house training. And then we put them through a very specific university course at the, at the University of Oxford here in the UK, um, globally applicable, right? And so, yes, we train, a methodology in that we then teach to our clients, right? We're not a consultancy service to a software business. And so we give that out as part of the work that mm. we do of how to deliver this at a, at a global scale inside large companies to drive success rates. And it really works, right? You know, if you look at uh, typical innovation programs drive 20, maybe 25% success, if you're lucky, we've got a 78% success rate on solving problems for companies. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. Congratulations on that. That's huge. That's really huge. I know in yep. any business for to reach a 78%, especially in your in a business of yours where you're, you're you're addressing these major, major problems. So thank you for that. Thank you. If you were in the military, I'd thank you for your service. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for, for biting your teeth into these major problems. I'm sure you guys have had impacts globally on the human condition. So Absolutely. I mean, that's something you guys should be really proud of. So thank you. You mentioned thought leadership a little while ago, and everybody and their mother is doing webinars and virtual meetings and training on every topic. How do you create the platform for yourselves in this thought leadership? Are you doing white papers? What are you doing? So I think, I think look, this is a war of a thousand cuts, right? You know, the, the business is, whether it's lucky or not, it's stuck with me, right? Who likes a soapbox and likes to get up there and talk and 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 provocate and, 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 you know, poke at, poke at things that I see that are wrong. Right. So, you know, anyone that wishes to follow me on LinkedIn and you'll see me provocating and challenging and thinking all of the time. Um, you know, we took the decision, as I've mentioned before, to write the book last year, which I think has, has really helped, right. It amplifies the brand. It amplifies me as a thought leader within it. And it opened up very different doors for us. So we do all the things you'd expect, you know, blogs and, and white papers, one of the things I would say is the innovation space and the collaboration space are, um, they are chief uh, uh, problem makers of their own accord, right? Because they, it's just jargon, 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 jargon. And so what we've had to do is really take a position and start to define some language and start to try and own a bit more of the conversation than, mm -hmm. uh, than you might in, in slightly more established sectors that are not so, you know, everyone's got its buzzwords, but, but it's chief in this, mm -hmm. in, this, in this part of the world, right? And what does collaboration mean? Different things to different people. What does innovation mean? Different things to different people. And so trying to put some stake in the ground about what we mean by this and why our success rate is achieved through X, Y, or Z is really important. Tell me about One Smart Crowd, the book. 
Yeah, so it's it's again, it's this human set of stories, right? So what I what I wanted to do was to was to try and bring the human elements of what is open innovation and what is what is crowdsourcing to the world. And so on the other side of every innovation challenge is some person around the world or some team of people that have bothered to take the time to develop an idea that tries to address the problem that is there, right? And as you've said, these have changed lives, saved lives, made a big difference to people, but rarely is the human story told on the other side. So we look at what is open innovation? Why does it work? What are the success rates we've had? But it's not an academic book. It's a sort of coffee table book that tells the human side story. So we went to 50 of the... um, of the thousands and thousands of successful innovators that we've worked with over the years and ask them to tell their story. And they're around the world, right? These are people from every corner of planet earth, from all kinds of different professions. Of, mm-hmm. And some of them have solved one challenge and some of them have solved tens of different challenges. And so who are they? What is their background? What equips them to be an innovator? And quite often it's not their CV. It's not what they studied. It's not the thing you'd go and guess of it. It's something very different. And so it's a real set of human stories that brings this whole thing to life and just champions why diversity and not a CV or not a resume is, is most important in, in, in the things that we do. You know, I believe that's wholeheartedly, you know, if you, if, if you learned it in the pits, you learned it better. You learn it in a book. It's a, it's a bunch of words on a page and you need to apply it, but where do you apply it best? You apply it by doing it, being it, living it, breathing it. Right. And it sounds like you guys get your, your hands in so much. It's just a mind boggle, but you talked about thinking on a global. That's why I love this job. I love the Ask a CEO because I talk to CEOs from around the globe who have very different perspectives on similar problems. And I always learn. So I'm, I'm, take, I'm a sponge right now. I'm listening to you and I'm learning every, every sentence you say I'm learning, right? Because I'm not the brightest bulb in the pack and I recognized that a long time ago, right? So I love this Ask a CEO show because it gets me to meet people like yourselves who are making a difference, who are growing important companies, addressing important problems in the marketplace and in society. So I'm very proud to have you as a guest, sir. I really am. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. So in closing, I always ask my CEO guests two questions. And the first is, what's the best advice you've ever gotten personally or the business advice you've gotten as a, as in business? You can answer it either as a CEO or you can answer it as a person. Uh, so, look, I think there are there are two answers I'm going to give you to this, right? One of them is stay humble. And I think, you know, don't take yourself too seriously is, is absolutely something that I live by and I teach my kids to live by and everything else, right? So, you know, I... I, I think that is that is absolutely critical and we can get, you know, too carried away. And yet there are so many things that we still have to learn and we still have to deliver. But I think actually from my perspective is I couldn't do any of this without the, the amazing team of people that I work with and the amazing crowd of people that actually deliver these solutions, right? I, I actually didn't write a book. I crowdsourced a bunch of stories from people. I didn't run a business. I, I found a load of amazing people who come to work every day and do great things for me, right? And I could not have done any of this without all of those people, which I think links back to the stay humble piece of, of all of it. Um, and, 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 and also feeds into that, which is keep learning, right? I learn every day, I'm like you, right? I don't think I'm the greatest person on planet earth. I, I want to learn every morning is an opportunity to learn something new from the people I work with, from the people that I compete with, from the customers that I, I help to innovate is try and learn every single day. You know, you, what you just said, that whole comment you just made 
is starting to sound to me more and more universal across CEOs in terms of being humble, learning and understanding who, who your staff is, who your people are and what importance they have to you. I mean, I just really, I mean, nine out of 10, maybe even better than that. The CEOs I talk to have a very, very similar mindset. None of them have, none of them are ego driven. None of them, I'm the best thing since ice cream. They're all about, they're all about being humble, learning and treating your people correctly. So in closing, I'm gonna tell you, you have the floor. Tell the people A, about your company, B, about you and C, how to get a hold of you for more information. You have the floor. Well, first of all, thank you very much for giving me this platform, right? I think it's, it's always a, a great opportunity to get up and share some stories and, and dig a little bit under the skin. Um, so as we've said, I, I run a business called Wazoku. We are the world's first um, platform for idea management, open innovation, and challenge-driven crowdsourcing. Um, we have a, a network of over half a million professional innovators that we, that we work with, but more importantly, our customers we help our customers to tap into the amazing ecosystem of people that they already know, but don't yet really know how to tap into effectively to solve problems, to drive opportunities, and to create value, right? Whatever that, whatever that might look like. You can find me in all the usual places. As I've said, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and very happy to connect with anybody there. And go to our websites, which is wazoku.com. Um, to find out more about the proposition and inoffensive.com if you're interested in, in any of the open innovation type challenges that I have seen and anybody over the age of 18 can register as a solver on that website and participate and we have cash prize awards up there for solving those types of challenges anything up to a million dollars for some of them so um, that's how you can find me and I'm very happy to connect with anyone anytime. Well Simon again thank you so much for coming on Ask a CEO I really appreciate it uh, we'll be reaching out to you again when the when the post-production editing is completed and so you have a live link. So everybody else, don't miss an upcoming Ask a CEO interview. We have invited guests from all the industries all over the country, all over the world. All right, they're queuing up for the summer and the fall season uh, right now. So I have some really interesting ones coming up. Visit gregscorneroffice.com for the full video version or listen to the podcast on Apple, Amazon Music, Spotify, or your favorite streaming platform. And if you like the show, don't forget, please subscribe and share far and wide. You'll be helping us build a growing audience and spreading the word of CEOs. So thank you all so much. See you next time. That's a wrap on another Ask a CEO interview. We hope you enjoyed the talk. We'd love to hear from you. Visit gregscorneroffice.com, click the Ask a CEO tab, search your favorite listening app or view on YouTube. Click the subscribe button and don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye from Ask a CEO.